0: Far too many people get caught up in the weeds of their training when they aren't doing the basics well enough for it to matter. And this isn't about, you know, exactly what zone you should be in or whatever. It's just about being consistent throughout your runs. So I break down why this matters, why it's the most important thing, and discuss a little bit about examples of the professional running world, where this might show up. Now, heads up, the audio in this one is not... The best. Honestly, I had just come off a 13-hour workday and had forgotten that my new mic needed to be closer to my face in order for the sound to be good. So you might need to turn up the volume a little bit, and then if you do that at the end when I'm wrapping up, remember to turn it back down or the outro is probably going to blow your ears off. Anyway, let's get into it and talk about why we should stop getting so caught up in the details of our training. Welcome to the trail and ultra running training podcast. My name is Will France and I'm here to help you improve your training so you can have more fun out on the trails. Let's talk about like getting too in the weeds with your training or like burying yourself in the details of the minutia. I love the details of training and I think a lot of people are in the same boat. That's what this whole like, group is built upon and It's just a fun thing to get involved in if you like running. It's nice to know like what the elites do or the professionals or whatever word you want to use to counter people who get paid to run and like hit the top of the podium. And it's good to know like how their training can affect us or like what we can do in our own training and take from them. But it's just not the most important part. There's a lot of discussion about like 80-20 running or how much. VO2 max stuff you should be doing, or like exactly what your periodization should be. And none of this really matters a ton unless we're just consistently running and hitting the basics. Consistency in training is the most important thing, and I know that is a super boring answer that no one likes to hear when we're looking at our training block, but consistency and frequency of training is really what matters above all else, like 12-fold. And yes, 80-20 is how professionals train, 80-20 training, or even if we're going to break it down further, it's probably something closer to like 75-15-10 or something like that, of like really low level work to mid to high. Um, It is likely how most of us should train. And in general, we should get a large amount of slow stuff and low effort stuff and, we should get a small amount of more intense stuff. Partially because we just like running. And the higher intensity stuff you do, the less frequently you can run because you need more time to recover. So yes, a large percentage of your training should be low and slow. And we should also periodize that in a way where the the closer you get to your race or your event, the more your training should look like your event. So if you're running a two hundred miler, a year out you might do, be doing a bunch of speed work, and then nine months out you'll be doing a lot less. And then in those last like three to four months, you might do, be doing almost nothing but hiking, with the occasional like weekly or every other week workout to just maintain some of the speed and effort you built at those higher ends, but. If you are currently running like 10, 15 miles a week, we're only putting in two or three hours of training a week, the exact breakdown just probably doesn't matter all that much. We need to build consistency first. And I am a proponent of including some form of speed training from the like, very early stages of your training block. Because if we include something like strides or surges for some quick turnover, your form gets a lot better. We build that neuromuscular control so your muscles can actually drive at higher speeds. So when we start to include things like VO2 max work or lactate work or whatever, then you have the muscles and body and structure that can actually do that work. But we're not, we don't need to get a perfect breakdown until it really starts to Starts to matter and the volume gets to be enough that it can matter. Like, I, I see the same thing in like strength training as well. A lot of people talk about sets and whatever, and it just doesn't matter all that much until we're even doing effective exercises, right? Like, if you're doing stuff like with band to band sidewalks that are and trying to build your glutes, like, it probably doesn't matter how many you do. Um, we need to figure out how to load that heavier if we're going to build a stronger butt. And same kind of deal with running. We need to make sure that we're consistent and loading with enough volume overall if we're going to make progress before we get into the minutia of training. Like, it's actually been a thing that I've been mildly annoyed with over the past few weeks or months and thinking about quite a bit where I see people provide what is on the surface fantastic advice because it pulls from work like Steven Seiler and this the 80-20 and like Matt Fitzgerald book and all this stuff. And it does have a very good scientific backing for how we train at a higher level, what the breakdown would be. But it's not necessarily what these athletes did. Your, your entire training history has a lot of impact on your actual body of work as an athlete. I made a small video on this the other day in terms of strength training. Like, I see people pushing exercises to strengthen your glutes, right? And they do things like hip bridges or a hip airplane. A hip airplane is a fantastic exercise. It looks like this like here, hinge, open, close. It is a great exercise for hip control. And that is a super healthy thing for you to do so that we can actually engage muscles and stay stable and uh, it'll help with back pain. I think they were actually invented by Stu McGill who is like the back pain guy. So they're very good for you to do. But they're not going to make most people's glutes stronger. They might give you a better connection. They might build a little more stability. You might be able to do more work with them if we're actually able to connect to them. But the people who post this and like have really strong glutes is because they do deadlifts or they spend half of their time running straight up a mountain. Like if you run up a mountain, then like side to side band lateral walks and hip airplanes are not going to be a good glute strengthener for you. Perfectly fine advice for some people, but not exceptionally relevant for an athletic community. Now, just as the same way, like these exercises are great and they have their place, they're, but they're not strength builders. We can si- see kind of the same thing with running because your entire, again, training life has some impact on where you are now. And if we look at someone like Killian, if you read killian's biography i think it's above the clouds lovely book um he just became obsessed with running up mountains as a kid and he did it a lot and he did it a lot more and he just kept trying to push himself he talks about running and trying to get farther and harder with faster paces and if you're getting going and you just decide to try and drive up a mountain you're probably not in zone two. So Killian, when he was first starting out, as most of us do, um, pushed really hard through like zone three and four and five and just made it a suffer fest because he wanted to really work hard and climb mountains. Now, he does almost all of his training in zone one. If we look at a sheer percentage standpoint, I literally think it's like 60 or 70% in zone one, and to be fair, Killian's zone one is probably my zone five, but if we look at his training in the past, all of this current zone one training is built on a background of just beating the hell out of himself at zone three and above. Now, if you're a new runner, I don't think that's smart. Um, If you're a kid, your body can probably get away with it more, if you're a 30- or 40-year-old adult who is just getting into a new sport, and just going hard at it is not the best idea. We see what happens with that in Goggins' biography. You break your feet and end up with rhabdo. Not a smart choice. But you should realize that when you're getting going, it probably doesn't matter all that much where your exact line between zone 2 and zone 3 is, whether you occasionally tap into zone four because you just need to run consistently and start to build some volume. Like if you can run three, four, five times a week at a fairly consistent frequency, like almost every week for a couple months, then we can start to add more volume and we can start to get a little more nitpicky about that once that comes into the like multi-hour range. What I am saying though is Don't get injured. One of the big things with higher intensity training is it comes at a bigger risk. So if you're pushing really hard, your overall volume is gonna be less because it's harder to recover from these like high end lactate work. It is harder to recover from VO2 max stuff. In fact, if you push a really hard VO2 max workout, your body is not fully recovered for like 10 to 14 days in most instances. So we can't overload this too much. So if you're just getting started out, don't worry too much about your effort level. Try to keep it kind of low, add a little speed work, and build frequency and consistency. And then do everything you can to not get injured. Recovery mobility stuff to make sure your muscles work really well, something's tight. That would be a good time to stretch, although stretching doesn't seem to have the magical injury repair that we often thought it did. But it is, it can be a good thing to do depending on you. Definitely do your strength work, definitely eat enough food, hydrate, sleep, all of those things, and don't get injured. But the nitpicking of this 80 20 when you're just starting out just isn't ideal. Like CrossFit athletes train for ultras with almost entirely high intensity stuff, and some of them do quite well. Like Brian McKenzie wrote an entire book on it, and he wrote an entire certification. On crossfit endurance on how you can build up to like marathons and ultras with nothing more than like high speed vo2 max stuff i think his hot, longest run was like a 13 mile which is really rare for him and then most of it is like these two to 800 meter horrendous repeats and just kills it with the speed stuff because yes we can build endurance with low and slow and in many ways that is the best way to do it but you also hit some of the same physiological pathways with high speed stuff. Ideally, you do a mixture of both so that we hit it from both ends, which is where I also run into problems with the like nothing above zone two crowd because we're not hitting that top end pathway. Ideally, we like take this and funnel it towards your race so that we're getting the best of both worlds. But again, consistency is the biggest thing and your entire athletic background builds to where you are now so if you used to play a lot of soccer then that was probably a pretty high intensity sport for the general scheme of things like you probably weren't playing full games in nothing but zone two or probably pushing around a lot in zone three my career for lack of a better word as a mid-level ultimate frisbee player gave me a lot of that like mid-level lactate work. I've lost a lot of that adaptation at this point in my life because I like let it fall by the wayside. But at one point I had an incredible ability to process lactate, but not a lot of like low end endurance, right? So we can build all of these things and we just need to make sure that we're consistent and not getting injured along the way. Consistency is always the answer. And then once we're consistent and starting to build that volume, and especially once we're still starting to build a volume that actually could start to prevent or present an injury risk, then we can, it would be a good idea to get nitpicky, right? Like that is the time where we can look at like 70-30 or 80-20 or whatever we want to do and make sure that the large majority of your training is in that low zone so that we can keep doing the sport we love without getting hurt. But we just have to remember that when we're starting out or if we're getting back into it, if you've taken a long time off and you just need to get back into it, don't drive yourself crazy with where your heart rate is or exactly what your effort is or what a four versus a six out of 10 on the RPE scale means. Just get back into it, build some consistency, and then we can go from there. Hope that's helpful. It's been a very long day for me. I'm going to go eat some food and hang out with my dog. I hope you have a great day rest of your night and pop any questions in the comments. I will be posting a podcast about this up soon. And then the one with Heather Hart that I mentioned in the last video will be coming up over the weekend. Have a good, great rest of your night. Thank you for listening to the trail and ultra running training podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say. So thank you. To be clear, Not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it. Or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people, so the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to The Trail, and ultra-running training group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening.